Web 2.0. Innovation. Trend. Collaboration. Software. Metadata. Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help, legally speaking, with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report here on the Legal Talk Network. And welcome to episode 164 of the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Dennis Kennedy in St. Louis. And I'm Tom Mile in Dallas. In our last episode, we share a ton of our best technology tips as our send-off to the year 2015. In this episode, we continue our annual tradition of sharing our New Year's technology resolutions. Tom, what's on our agenda for this episode? Well, Dennis, uh, in this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, we will indeed discuss the whole idea of technology resolutions and boldly share our own. Uh, in, in our second segment, we'll discuss some of our old podcasts that newer listeners might want to give a listen to. And as usual, we'll finish up with our parting shots. That one tip, website, or observation that you can start to use the second that this podcast is over. But first, let's talk about New Year's technology resolutions for 2016. I have to say, uh, this year, I, I, I'll be honest, I haven't really read a lot about uh, the usual making your New Year's resolutions articles or blog posts. Usually there's some link bait or clickbait out there that would talk about resolutions, but at least as, I'm not seeing as much as I have in past years. Um, but I guess whether you call them resolutions, whether you call them goals, whatever you wind up calling them, uh, I think we still believe that it's a, it's a good idea to have some direction for your technology uh, every year. Uh, but before, I guess, we talk about this year's resolutions, maybe we should revisit the past and see how we did and see what basis we come from. Dennis, does, does your apparent success with your 2015 resolutions make you an optimist or a pessimist for 2016? I'm all in as an optimist this year, I, although I, I do want to go back to what you said about not seeing a lot of resolutions articles. And I think that uh, I think we've talked about this in the past, that there's sort of two options at the first of the year. And one is to go technology predictions. The other is to go resolutions. And I think that so many people want predictions this year. And predictions are great because you have almost no responsibility. Nobody checks if you're right or wrong. Resolutions, I think, require you to kind of go through and, and uh, you know, take on some accountability and, and think through what you want to do. But yeah, I, I was really happy for a change with what, what I actually accomplished and, and the fact that I gave myself permission to focus on what it was that I accomplished rather than what it was that I might have uh, not got done. And so I think from, you know, getting everything into into a powerful to-do list tool like OmniFocus to, you know, what I've done with Apple Watch and, and uh, some of the other things that I really wanted to do with technology – I'm pleased, and, and it's given me a, a really positive approach for, for the coming year. I will say that I have—I I don't want to say that I have, do I have less of a positive outlook. I still have a positive outlook on what's coming this year, but I will say that my 2015 resolutions did not pan out the way that I expected. I, uh, I, I, I partially completed a couple of them. I didn't even get close to some of them. Um, that's why I think there's, there's one here. One of my goals for last year was to, to write more content on the blog, which was just such a tremendous fail. And I'm, we'll be talking about that, uh, more in my 2016 goals, but I'm starting to worry a little bit like, uh, like writing more content is the, 
the technology equivalent of get in shape or lose weight uh, that we always put on there and we never do as much as we want to or we never do anything. Uh, that said, though, I was pleased with having uh, been able to learn more about uh, uh, tools like Microsoft Access and Microsoft Project. Uh, and then my, my something completely new for last year was to get and, and learn the Surface Pro 3. And I not only did that, but I wound up getting a Surface Book. And working with that new kind of tablet convertible uh, has really been re both rewarding and I think a good and positive move for me in terms of the portable technology that I happen to use. Yeah, I mean, I totally rate you as a winner on uh, the resolution side from last year. Well, you're a lot, you're a lot more, uh, you're a lot more gracious than I am to myself. So, sort of one of the questions I, I think I alluded to this a little bit with people doing the, you know, technology predictions, posts and stuff is, is our resolutions really a useful exercise or is it just kind of a device that uh, we podcasters use to create an annual episode? Uh, can we kind of say both? I mean, I think that it makes for a good episode because we can talk about these things, but I, I do think that to a certain extent, it's useful for individuals to set some type of technology goal. Now that I think probably one of the one of the biggest uh, and maybe most overused legal headlines of last year was around the fact that more and more states are adopting the requirement of some sort of technology competence as part of their ethics rules. Um, and the fact that they're doing that means that it is more important than it really ever has been to be uh, to, to understand technology. And, and that's why I think that in, in, in the context of making resolutions or goals or whatever you want to call them, uh, doing something around technology each year is probably something that most lawyers overlook. They don't think about. They're more worried about their general practice, their finances and other things. And uh, I think that uh, I think that having uh, at least a, a couple of goals related to technology is really useful. I don't know. If, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, more and more, I, I think that is the case, and and I think it's useful to to. I think the resolutions part is actually sort of you know the the thing we do to, to make the uh, more people more interested in the podcast. But I think it really does come down to to setting just a few technology goals um, that address some of the things that really concern you. And and I think there. The good news these days is that there's a ton of information out there about how to set goals, the, the so-called SMART goals, uh, uh, where you, there are systematic approaches to the ways of setting goals. And the exercise of going through and saying, okay, can I identify some things that I want to do with technology to, you know, to make some improvements, to try something new, to, to address a problem that exists... Um, I think it could be really helpful. I also think that that SMART approach, uh, and SMART is an acronym, uh, is uh, kind of focus, uh, forces you to take a realistic uh, approach to things and to think in terms of timeframes, accountability, which is sort of the missing piece always on uh, accountability. I think time had helped us that partway through the year, we went back and looked at our resolutions and, and assessed uh, how how we were doing on them, and then I, I think, like I said, the, that notion of having time frame and being realistic, because it's as you give a great example, because I I used to do this too. Say I I want to write more on my blog. I want to create more content, and if you say, hey, I what I really want to do is to do one blog post a week, or you know something like that, uh, 
then you have something that's that seems doable, that's very concrete, that you can measure, you can be accountable for, um, and then and then you try to figure out the best way to hold yourself accountable. So it may be that you work in connection with somebody else who's interested in the same thing, that you have your own approach. Uh, I mean, I guess the thinking these days is it's not great to reward yourself or accomplish these things, but you, I think people have different ways that you know they they can hold themselves accountable for achieving something. And so I think if it's very concrete, very doable, and something that you can measure whether you've done or not. Um, usually in, in a fixed set of t uh, time period, I think that really helps you. So Tom, I don't know, do you think that your idea of creating more content might work better for you if you sort of framed it in a more concrete, specific, I mean, like I said, sort of time delineated way? That's a good question. Um, last year on the podcast, I probably framed my, my goal as creating more blog content Actually, I, I was much more specific. I said that I was going to write 100 blog posts over the year. And the number of blog posts that I wrote was exactly two. Uh, it was not a good year for blog posts. So I made it specific. Um, it, it might have not been completely reasonable, given that that's like one every three days. I probably should have cut it down to maybe 50. But, um, but I, I don't know. I'm not sure what, I'm not sure what it is. I think that that where I uh, fall down with my goals are, I agree that they need to meet, you know, the smart criteria. They need to be realistic approaches. Um, but, you know, I think that when it comes to technology, there's got to be, especially with, with folks who, you know, technology might not be natural for them, might not be something that they're willing to, 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 to go to or that they're a little nervous about. I, I sometimes think that a little bit of trepidation or a little bit of uncertainty about where they're going is not necessarily a bad thing. I think that uh, it's, it's okay if you're a little nervous about heading into a new area of technology. Um, that doesn't, that I, 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 I think that should be part of the goal is, is that if it's in your comfort zone, then you're probably not learning as much as you could. And so going a little bit outside your comfort zone to do something I think is, is also a worthy way of approaching these types of uh, these goals or resolutions. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I also think that for a lot of people, you can uh, pick a few things that are, you know, learn something new, but it's not like you have to learn everything about it. Uh, I sometimes say a great, you know, resolution for people is to learn how to get better with track changes in, in Word, because I think it's something that can really really help you on a regular basis. Uh, you know, sometimes it may be just to fix a problem or, you know, to to try a new technique or take a class. And you can you can come up with a few of those things and and make them concrete, make them very doable. I'm also a big fan of the rule of threes. So I'm always trying to say, well what what three things should I target? And then if I define those and focus those, then that goes really well. And then if I finish them, then I can do three more. Um, and so I, I think one of the things that, that I've been thinking about this year as I read up on this is that, uh, you know, maybe the whole notion of New Year's resolutions is, is really just too arbitrary. I, I saw somebody who said that what they do is they use their birthday as the start point for what they would call resolutions. I thought that was really interesting because it, it's a more you know, New Year's is sort of an arbitrary day. You're running around. You got family stuff. You got all these things going on. The first, the first day, New Year's Day, you probably got enough stuff going on that you can't jump in and, and work on a resolution on that that first 
that first day anyway, and you're sort of thrown in different directions. Or you might go to something that's quarterly and say, "Here, oh, here's something that I want to try to accomplish in three months. And then if I don't, is it something that I would just roll over because, uh, you know, it's, it's still a good goal? Or is it uh, or, or does by making it quarterly give me a sense that that it's an ongoing, ongoing process? And then I, I think the point you made, Tom, about the the hundred blog posts is that's a tricky one because, you know, we both do that sort of 52 books in a 52 weeks reading, uh, you know, idea, which I guess you could call resolution. But I know that when it got to be the first of December, I knew I could read whatever it was, eight to 10 books in December to get to my 52, which, which I did. But when you're in December and you still have 98 blog posts to two, that's, that's pretty overwhelming. (laughs) And, and nobody wants to read your 92 blog, 98 blog posts in like 30 days. I, I, the only thing I'll disagree with there is that I don't know that New Year's resolution is arbitrary. I mean, I don't really care how uh, whatever motivates you, whether it's your birthday, whether it's a quarterly goal. Uh, to me, the idea of the New Year's resolution, yeah, New Year's Day is kind of off limits and doesn't really count for anybody. But I like the idea of New Year, new start, new beginning. Um, it's it you know it, it may be a false premise and it may be that it's just kind of sitting there staring us in the face uh, being so obvious that it's never going to work and that maybe using your birthday or using a different way of measuring it is is appropriate but I I, I say use whatever motivates you use whatever is uh, most likely to get you to 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 do that that sort of thing so I. I, I'm, I'm not a, a huge rule of three person, although I'm happy to follow in your lead when we talk about resolutions. And so maybe it's time to start talking about our resolutions this year. Okay, so this year I decided to try something new, which is uh, I've been reading a lot about approaches where people say, just pick one word for your year. And that will be the, the word that you kind of, is really important to you that helps you focus your year. So your, your actual word for the year could be focus. Uh, but there's another variation on that, because I think it can be really difficult to say, oh, here's this one word that just nails everything. And then you can kind of procrastinate by spending a lot of time on the word um, as opposed to actually figuring out what to do about it. So there's another approach which just sort of feels better to me, which is sort of the three-word approach. And I'll, I'll just touch on on that. So I tentatively, because I I think it's going to take some time for me to actually get this to where I want. I, the three words I have are vision, pruning, and transition. Um, and I'm I'm going to try to organize my, uh, especially my tech resolutions accordingly. So the first one is is vision, and this comes up because I've uh, been working with a personal trainer, and she asked me one day if if I had a vision of what it was that I was working for. And she just assumed that I did. And I was like, you know, actually, I'm really good at helping other people, uh, you know, kind of put together the vision and giving them some insights. But when it comes to myself, I'm really pretty bad about that. And so I said, you know, at this point, that's something I want to do. And can I do that in the sense of, of technology uh, and, and a better way to use technology? And so my resolution here is to say, can I start to do even more with the the mind mapping, the idea generation, and the tools that are are designed to help you uh, 
be more creative, to uh, put together things like mission statements, vision statements, and can I uh, start to experiment with those and see um, how they may help me give some direction, what I'll call a vision uh, that I'll be working toward? I think that's a good goal. Uh, so my my first one, I'm 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 not going to use three words that would take me too long, and I would I would just have trouble deciding on what my words were. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say that my first goal goes to to the general topic of content and engagement, and this is where I attempt to claim back what I didn't get to do last year in part. And um, although Dennis already knows this, I think that this will be sort of the first time I, I announce this to anybody. I really am going to make a major uh, content change and a major pivot on the blog. I've been you know, positioned as a legal technology person, but I, if I'm honest with myself, I'm farther away from legal technology than I've ever been, considering that I don't practice law and that I haven't been really engaged in that area. And while I try to keep up and I, and I see what's going on, I really don't consider myself a legal technologist in the same way that uh, that other people should consider themselves legal technologists, that Dennis would. And so I'm going to start to make the blog about something that I really enjoy talking about and enjoy helping people with, and that is consumer technology. Phones, tablets, the equipment, the websites, the apps, the things that people use, whether you're a lawyer, whether you're not a lawyer, the things that you use and the technology that you use um, – both for pleasure and for getting things done. And that's really where I want to go with the blog this year. And I'm, I'm working on a new design. I hope to roll that out in, here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, it'll be a slight, it'll be a, a tremendous difference, but it'll be slightly different. Uh, but the other thing that I want to do is to try to really balance, I want to increase my online engagement, but I think that the better word is I want to balance my online engagement. I am not online as much as I could be. I post Facebook occasionally. I, uh, I forward a tweet uh, of an article that I see occasionally. Um, but I really don't have the level of engagement that I'd really like to have. I don't want to go all out. I don't want to spend as much time on social media as I've spent, uh, as I've seen other people spend. Um, I don't want to live tweet the Golden Globes that I saw several people doing last night. I saw some people live Facebooking the Golden Globes and making comments on every single award or every single person that they saw. I don't want to go overboard like that. I really want it to be a balanced, uh, a balanced approach to social media. And I hope to use the new format, the new approach for the blog to help launch that kind of new approach that I'm going to look at for getting more engaged with social media, but not overly engaged. I think those are great um, ideas for your time. And I think that uh, assuming you're successful, I could see some of that flowing into the podcast as well. Resolution for no number two for me and the second word is pruning. This sort of comes from uh, thinking about a, I won't call it an old house plant, but I have a, a, a house plant that's a tropical plant that uh, its lineage really goes back more than 40 years to to my grandparents. And I really love this plant uh, and it can go wild, just wild. And so last year it was thriving and it was all over our sunroom and it was driving my wife crazy because it was just all over the place. And she wanted me to cut it back and I didn't want to do that. But then I, I started to say, here's this notion of pruning. So um, you can cut things back and they're better as a result because they become more focused and, and truly in the sense of, of pruning a plant. And I cut that plant back and I actually am enjoying it more now 
Um, and, and it's grown out a little wilder now, but then when it was at its wildest stage last year. So if you look at the the number of apps I have, the number of podcasts I listen to, all the things that I do, it's it's just sort of a, a wild mess in the same way. So so the resolution for me is is pruning. And so it's taking a look at that stuff and say, uh, what makes sense in what can I cut out that will allow me to try new things to allow what I actually want to accomplish to thrive in a, in a little better way? So the example, the simple example I've decided to do here is that uh, last year, maybe the year before, I, I bought this word processing program for the Mac called Scrivener, which a lot of people like. It's really great for, for uh, long writing projects. And I never came up with the way to use it. Um, this semester, I'm teaching a class again at Washington University Law School on IP licensing and drafting. And so what I've decided to do is to put all my notes, everything that I'm doing uh, for that class into Scrivener to, to give it a real test to see if it's something I can use. And with the possibility as a result of that, that teaching next year will be simpler and that maybe I can do something that evolves to something like a textbook for that class. And then I can make a decision whether this is a tool that I need to use or not. And so I think the whole notion I want to do is to try to cut back and, and redirect. But I think the, my particular resolution is directed at this one, this one program, Scrivener, and the one use in connection with my class. I think that's a, an interesting use of Scrivener. I, I used Scrivener on a couple of the more recent versions of my iPad books, and I will say it was a great experience. It was really easy to use, and I really enjoyed it. And I think anybody that I've talked to who's used Scrivener just has all sorts of great things to say about it. So if, if any of you out there are looking for uh, a tool that can help uh, for, a like, like he says, a, a longer writing project, uh, Scrivener is a great tool. Again, uh, however, it is only available for the Mac, so you've got to have a Mac. But uh, but it's a it's a great tool. And and I guess my only complaint about Scrivener is there's no iPad app for it, and that's was is one of the complaints that I've got about Scrivener. But otherwise, it's great. Uh, it, it, that's what they say. It's been rumored for a while now, and it just hasn't yet. Um, my second my second goal this year is something that. Uh, it, it's the the thing that gives me fear and trepidation, but it's not fear and trepidation of learning something new. It's fear and trepidation of doing something that I've been trying to do for a while, uh, and that's get my digital photos organized. Really, it's get to get my paper photos into digital format and to get them organized. Uh, I've, I've mentioned here on the podcast before another podcast from WNYC called Note to Self, which I think is a really great you know fit twenty to twenty five minute podcast on. Uh, kind of the social aspects of technology issues. And they spent one episode talking about organizing their photos. And uh, they had a guy come on and he gave some really great suggestions about how to organize your photos. Uh, and, and then the host wound up basically, she and another person basically said, you know, I'm just going to live with the pain. I'm going to live with all the photos that I've got. And I, I ultimately don't think that's the right decision. Uh, and so my goal this year is to take uh, I've, I've probably, I don't take a ton of pictures, but I've got a decent amount that are in paper. Uh, they're, they're still prints that I've got from, uh, probably 30, 35 years ago. And, uh, I've, I've recently bought a photo scanner that can, um, handle large photos cause I've got a number of larger portrait size photos that I want to scan. I've got all sorts of odd shaped photos, uh, and I plan to scan those. 
uh, organize them. Uh, I'm using Google Photos. I really think Google Photos is, is one of the better photo management tools that's out there, especially with its ability to scan things and to understand what they're see what it's seeing in a picture and build that into its search functionality. Um, and then get that to where I can create albums. I can start sharing it uh, with friends. I can start showing pictures from a long time ago to people. Uh, I haven't been able to do that because they're sitting in a box in a drawer in my office. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's something that I've just don't ever quite have the time to do, but uh, it's something that I need to get done this year. And I'm looking forward to your learnings, so that might be something that I can do in 2017. Um, so my third resolution, and the third word is transition, and I don't think this is exactly the right word, uh, but it, I have a sense of movement in a lot of things I'm doing, and I, I think that what I want to have is a better, and this goes back to the vision notion too, and even pruning, is that uh, there's good movement, I think, in what I'm doing uh, for the most part. But I, I think the, the notion of from to to is, is, kind of, is kind of missing for me. And so uh, that word is transition, so I'm trying to say, well, what can I do to help me uh, with that notion of movement from to, and I, I think the answer is sort of getting other people's help and through technology. And so uh, Tom and I have obviously written about collaboration tools, uh, but the one that people are really talking about these days is Slack. And, and so I want to try to start using Slack, but within the framework to say, how can I use Slack and collaboration tools like Slack, but I think I'm going to focus on Slack to help me with this notion of how do I get from uh, you know, where I'm at to where I want to be or, you know, but just to get that sense sense of transition. And it's a difficult thing for me to articulate, Tom, but I, I think you, 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 you might have an idea of what I'm driving toward and why I think Slack might work for that. Well, you and our listeners may think this is a cop-out, but when I saw Dennis's third goal, I thought, you know, that's actually a goal for me too, not necessarily for the reason that Dennis mentions, but I really have two reasons for wanting to use or learn more about Slack. The first is um, it sort of satisfies um, our shared goal of learning something new. I, I want to learn about a new tool. I want to see how it works. Um, but I also am incredibly intrigued. I, I, I heard about you know the ABA Tech Show board uses Slack, and, and they almost completely abandoned email to do that. And I'm really intrigued by the concept of a new communication channel that allows you to collaborate, that allows you to pull in all sorts of different services to help you, whether it's Dropbox or whether it's other tools that integrate into it. Um, my only concern and the only challenge is, is that I've got no one except maybe Dennis who will work with me on this. And because I, I work in a business where we still very much live in the corporate world. Slack, to me, is very much a tool for smaller, more agile, more nimble groups of people um, who really are pretty much working as a team the whole time. If you're more dealing with asynchronous communication or things like that, Slack, I've heard people say, isn't necessarily the best tool for you, that you, you're still going to live in a world of both Slack and email, and that's not necessarily a great, uh, a, a, a great environment to be in. So work is not the, probably going to be the place where I can explore this. So I'm looking towards some of my uh, volunteer efforts, whether it's the, the, the bar show that I do here for the Dallas Bar Association, whether it's something with the ABA's law practice division, maybe I can convince Dennis that the LTRC should start working in Slack. Um, I'm intrigued about doing it, but I'm 
also challenged by the fact that um, to collaborate on something like this, you got to have people to collaborate. And uh, that right now is uh, is going to be, I think, the challenge is finding the right people to work and, and to learn about this with. Yeah, I, I do think you're exactly right on that. I mean, you, you hit some of the key points, and, and that's maybe something where uh, the creating the personal groups, or this could be a case where we really just look to our listener base and, and find out what people are doing, or maybe, you know, some of our listeners want to invite us to something they're doing in Slack that's that's really cool. Tom, I, I normally just pick one thing every year, the new technology I'm, I'm going to learn. So I just mentioned that 2016, uh, to the extent 2015 wasn't already, this is going to be year of uh, the blockchain technology for me. I don't know whether you pick something new or or whether Slack is is your tech now. Slack is it. Slack is going to be my new thing. So uh, I, I think that's what we have for resolutions. I, I just suggest our listeners maybe think about our approach and see if, if, if we're good role models. Are, and so hopefully we've given you something to think about that uh, – I wouldn't be, by the time you hear this, it obviously won't be January 1st, but I, I think hopefully we can give you the chance to kind of rethink uh, what your resolutions were and, and maybe get a fresh start on some things that might work for you. And frankly, I would love to start out my blog post writing effort to re restart it by writing about your resolutions. So if, if you've got resolutions that you've set Share them. You've got the contact information we're going to give you at the end of the podcast. Share them, and I will post them either on my blog, maybe on the Law Technology Today blog, but we'd love to, to hear what your resolutions are. Before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick break for a message from our sponsor. Looking for a process server you can trust? ServeNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screen process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the industry. Connecting your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high-volume serves, and understand the litigation process and rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit www.servenow.com. And now let's get back to the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. I was trying to track down an old episode of our podcast for someone the other day, and I, I on Google I noticed that someone had actually blogged about the uh, the episode and that said that they had listened to the podcast expecting to hear uh, what they expected, which was lawyers reacting negatively in all kinds of ways to new technology. Instead, they said they found just the opposite and found the episode really interesting and, and actually quite useful in, in practical ways. We occasionally run into listeners who are new to the podcast or want to know if we have some episodes that we might point to as the ones that would be good starting places uh, since we're on episode 164. Uh, Tom, what episodes do you suggest for listeners who want to dip into our archive? So in the interest of time, and, and I found that this question that Dennis posed was really interesting because um, the, the challenge with a technology podcast uh, is that the key to getting value out of past podcasts is to find the ones that have more evergreen advice. Some of our, for example, our iPad podcasts, they really aren't that valuable now because technology's changed, the information is stale, they're just not as useful to people. They're not going to like that very much. That said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose a block of three podcasts and say, if you kind of want to get a flavor, you want to dip into the archive, go and listen to our series on presentation tips. We did it last year. 
It was podcast number 125, 126, 127. We did a series of podcasts on tips to giving good presentations, whether you're on a panel, whether you're just giving your own presentation, how to deal with the technology, how to deal with other issues, and then whether you're giving a webinar, how to give an online presentation. I thought that that was full of really good information. Most of it is still, I think, right spot on for today, and it's not going to change. I think it gives a good flavor of kind of uh, what the podcast has been, at least in the recent past. Dennis, what about you? Well, first of all, I'm literally shocked that you picked the same three that <laughs> I was going to point to. <laughs> we probably um, should have planned could, this ahead of time. Could actually, they were my second set, because the ones that I point to are, it's uh, episode 140, which is our the first one we did on podcast listening, and then we did... Uh, one recently, let me see if I have the the actual number where we talk. It's called the topic was or the title was "Golden Age of Podcasting," and in those we we sort of shared our insights into uh, the ways that we listen to podcasts, how you find podcasts, uh, you know, things like listening at double speed and all those sorts of things. And so I think those those are especially useful. I think any of our our episodes on pre on our presentation tips, uh, I, those are some of some of my favorites. I think there's the uh, the run of the second half of of 2015. I've been really pleased with with those, and then then I also suggest to people that it's interesting to go back and look at some of the the things that we did, like say Shadow IT, Internet of Things that we did quite a long time ago, and, and kind of see how those hold up because I I think they really do, and then. Uh, the last thing I would say is that any of the uh, the pardon your pardon the interruption approach podcasts we did I think are still going to be f- going to be fun at this point. Now it's time for a parting shots that one tip website or observation that you can use the second this podcast ends. Tom, take it away. So my parting shot is uh, a, a, an interesting spreadsheet that I found on a, a, a Google Doc uh, through a post with with Lifehacker, but uh, it's really for those of you who either haven't selected a to do app or uh, a to-do list app or task management app, or those who might be looking for a new one. And this is called the ultimate to-do list comparison chart. So someone, and I imagine it's a collaborative document because there's probably more than one person contributing to this. Someone's created a spreadsheet on Google that lists out probably the 20 or 30 or 40 different to-do list or task manager apps that are out there. And they've added uh, probably more than a hundred criteria that are part of it. Uh, can you sync to your calendar? Um, can you uh, share things to social media? Can you email tasks uh, from from your phone to things? Just any criteria that you would imagine a to-do list app needs to have, it's on this list, and they rank them, and they try to weight them. And I was really surprised at how some of the tools that I really like didn't score very well, um, which goes to show you that sometimes it's what you happen to like and not necessarily what has all the different features and bells and whistles. But uh, I, I think it's really fascinating to look at the different t- to-do list apps what their features are. Um, it, it's probably a pretty good decision-making tool if you're in the mood or in the uh, search for finding a new task management app. The ultimate to-do list comparison chart. Dennis. Uh, nice list. I was a little disappointed. Didn't see any OmniFocus in there, but I think that it's uh, it's actually a very useful list, as you said, Tom, for all, all the reasons you gave. I want You mentioned earlier in the podcast the, the, the Note to Self podcast, uh, and I found another one, and I always hesitate to recommend a podcast after just one or two episodes, but this one's called Canvas, and it uh, takes a look at the 
the iOS world especially. Uh, but the notion is what they don't want to do is just like run through a bunch of apps and, and just describe the apps, but they want to look at the actual workflow and try to answer real questions that, that you have. And so the first episode was how do I uh, download and upload files on my iPhone or iPad? And it was just really practical and helpful because uh, there are some things that seem like they should be really simple that when you actually try to do it, um, they they don't quite work the way you want. And so great suggestions there, really practical, really easy. And I learned a lot from this podcast. So assuming they keep it going, uh, you know, knock on wood, uh, I really like the approach that they're taking. So that wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Ma Report. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. You can find show notes for this episode at tkmreport.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or on the Legal Talk Network site where you can find archives of all our previous podcasts as well. If you'd like to get in touch with us, please email us at tkmreport at gmail.com or send us a tweet. I'm at Tom Mile and Dennis is at Dennis Kennedy. So until the next podcast, I am Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy, and you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report, a podcast on legal technology with an internet focus. Help us out by telling a couple of your friends and colleagues about this podcast. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Check out Dennis and Tom's book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, Smart Ways to Work Together, from ABA Books or Amazon. And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, only on the Legal Talk Network. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.